I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to episode 32 in the fourth edition of the AIC Bible Study Series, New Testament Gospels. For those viewers just joining the series, I urge you to watch the opening few minutes of episode 29 for a discussion of the Koine Greek or New Testament Greek origin of the I Am Declarations. In this episode, I will continue my discussion of the fifth I Am Declaration, I Am the Light of the World in John 8:12, and take it through Jesus' next I Am Declaration, I Am from Above in 8:23, and present part one of two in a discussion of the seventh and possibly most famous declaration before Abraham was, I Am. In part one, I will discuss the heated dialogue between Jesus and the Pharisees and scribes over the identity of their true father, the devil, Jesus' identity, and his right to call God Father. At the end of the episode, I'll point out where material presented in this episode is used in the AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of John, annotated and illustrated. The time is just after the Jewish Feast of Pentecost in 29 A.D. John later reveals in verse 20 after the dialogue ends that the extended conversation took place in the treasury inside the temple complex shown in the background of the watercolor illustration by James T. So. The treasury apparently was a storehouse used for many items and not just for money. The temple is the second temple which was built after the return from exile in Babylon and which was greatly expanded by the Romans under Herod in the early 1st century AD. The temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. The illustration is a detail of Jesus in front of the treasury based upon the Render unto Caesar account from Mark 12, verses 13 to 17. The I Am the Light of the World declaration produced the same kind of very heated response from his audience of scribes and Pharisees, which I discussed regarding the other I Am declarations. The central issues in the disagreement are Jesus' use of his father's name, which was contrary to the Hebrew understanding of Abraham as their father, discussed in episode 29 and episode 30. This time they indirectly call him a liar. In his reply, Jesus will offer a different explanation of who it is that is a liar. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. The illustration is again William Holman Hunt's 19th century oil on canvas, The Light of the World. In Jesus' reply, the I am in verses 14, 16, and 17 is the simple personal pronoun I and the present tense of the verb to be and is not the divine I am, which he reserves for verse 18. 
Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, for I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Only the minor I am in verse 18 was intended as the equivalent of God's identifying words to Moses in Exodus 3:14 and 15, I am the existing one. The illustration is a 13th century century tempera and golden panel Christ Pantocrator icon from the Yaroslavl Art Museum in Yaroslavl, Russia. The dialogue that follows shows that the Pharisees and scribes were not persuaded by the allusion in verse 18 to the I Am who spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. Again, a minor I Am. I Am One. They replied, and Jesus gave a counter-reply. They said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. That short dialogue reveals the argument in miniature. The Jewish leadership refuses in spite of the evidence of the fulfillment of prophecies and Jesus' bold use of the I am in Greek to acknowledge that Jesus is the promised Messiah. They will reveal again their willful refusal in verse 25. St. John employs a typically Greek dramatist's advice as a transition in verse 20. It serves to interrupt the narrative of events and to offer information. In this case, that Jesus had been teaching in the treasury in the temple and that no harm had come to him since, quote, his hour had not yet come, unquote, which suggests that harm was the intent of the Pharisees and also that it would eventually succeed. I discuss St. John's unique references to Jesus' concept of time, especially hour, from the Greek horror, in episode 43. After the interlude, St. John records in verse 21 and 22, Jesus adding to the frustration of the Pharisees and scribes in this dialogue. Please note that the I am is not based upon ego I me. I am going away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. They replied, Will he kill himself because he says, Where I go, you cannot come? The illustration, Christ Pantocrator, is a 17th century Byzantine tempera and gilt on panel icon of Christ's blessing with his right hand and holding a gospel book in his left by an unspecified artist on exhibit at the Museum of Byzantine culture in Thessaloniki, Greece. Jesus' answer in verses 23 to 25 includes the sixth I Am declaration offered in three variations, 
and also includes a preview of salvation theology under the New Covenant. The emphasis in this reading is my own. And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. In verse 24, the pronoun he is an addition by Western church editors to the original Greek manuscript, which says only, I am. The strained dialogue continues with their question in verse 25 and his answer in verse 26. Then they said to him, Who are you? And as Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. His answer, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning, means not only the many I am sayings recorded in St. John's account, the bread of life in 635, the living bread in 651, the light of the world in 812, from above, not of this world in 823, but also is an allusion to the Lord's statement to Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus 3, 14 and 15, discussed and illustrated in episode 29. It sets the stage for the dramatic confrontation to come in John 8, verse 58. The interest in the divine I am declarations is not the product of recent scholarship, but goes back to the early centuries of the church. Christian bishops and scholars, both from the Eastern and Western church traditions, have commented upon the failure of the Hebrews to acknowledge the meaning of I am. St. Ambrose of Milan, the influential bishop and teacher of Milan, Italy, whose most famous people was St. Augustine, or Augustine in the American idiom, wrote about its importance in his exposition on the Christian faith prepared by him for Pope Gratian in 378 and 379 A.D. The illustration is a mosaic of St. Ambrose created around 1130 A.D. at the Capella Palatina, the Palace of the Normans, Palermo, Sicily, under the sponsorship of Roger II, the first Norman king of Sicily. Palace is now the home of the Sicilian Parliament. St. Ambrose's contemporary in the Eastern Church tradition, John Chrysostom, whose name means the golden mouth, devoted great attention to it and addresses John 8.58 in his 55th homily on the Gospel of St. John, written while he was Bishop of Antioch in the last decade of the 4th century and before his elevation to Constantinople in 397 A.D. The illustration is another mid-12th century mosaic in the Palatine Chapel in Palermo, Sicily. Like Ambrose and Chrysostom, the English scholar, monk, and author known to the world as the Venerable Bede, the author of the first history of the church in England, also argued that the scribes and Pharisees described in John's gospel could not have failed to understand the meaning and significance of the I Am declarations. 
Their outrage, which I will discuss in this episode, supports the traditional early Christian interpretation that the Pharisees, scribes, and others who heard him did indeed know. The illustration, the venerable Bede translates the Gospel of John on his deathbed, is a detail from an oil-on-canvas by Irish artist John Penrose Doyle, exhibited in London at the Royal Academy in 1902 A.D. Jesus continued the dialogue in verse 26, which is his defense against the false witness charge and the statement he had made in earlier verses that the message he brought was not his own. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. The illustration for this exchange and the verses which follow is God the Father and God the Son, a miniature illumination in colored inks and gold on parchment from an Oxford Psalter made in England in the late 12th and early 13th century from manuscript Royal 1DX or 10 in Roman letters, Folio 98, British Library, London, England. In the illustration God the Father and God the Son, the English artists who prepared the manuscript have avoided violating the ancient church prohibition against depictions of God the Father by presenting God the Father and God the Son as duplicate or mirror images. Jesus' further reply is both a prophetic foretelling of his crucifixion and a warning. He uses the title he often gave himself, the Son of Man, and again speaks the Greek words for I am. Here the Hebrew literary device of repeating a statement, but with a clarifying variation, is evident once again. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. St. John then tells us in verse 30 that, quote, as he spoke these words, many believed in him, unquote. Perhaps this development is what so enraged the scribes and Pharisees about this whole encounter, so enraging them that they later tried to stone him to death. St. John tells us in verse 31 that it was to those who believed in him that the following exchange was directed. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The marked change of tone in verses 
37 to 57 marks the transition from the sixth to the seventh I am before Abraham was I am in John 8:58. The issues are still the true identity of the Father, recalling that St. John raised the issue in John 8:27, writing that they did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Jews regarded Abraham as the patriarch of the Hebrew nation. Here Jesus gives an answer to the question which the Jews raised in verse 24. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word is no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Some context for Jesus' rejoinder which follows may be helpful. First, Jesus had acknowledged them as the children of Abraham, saying in John 8.37, I know that you are the descendants of Abraham. Second, he has accused them of literally seeing him there among them, yet denying his divinity and worse, attempting to kill him in saying, you seek to kill me, in verse 37a. As we will see in John 8:59, after the before Abraham was, I am declaration, they do indeed try to kill him. And third, here he again asserts his divine ability to know their thoughts. My word has no place in you, in verse 37b. I suggest that you think of my word has no place in you as another way of saying in the manner of the Old Testament prophecies, they have ears to hear but do not hear and eyes to see and do not see. In summary, at the end of verse 37, we have reached that point in St. John's account in which Jesus has laid out all but one point in the logical framework of his argument. In the continuation of the dialogue told to us by St. John, Jesus continues to assert his descent from the Father and taunts them in verse 44 with a stunning accusation concerning the identity of their true Father. The dialogue is among the most heated in Scripture. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. 
discussion of the spirited conversation unique to the Gospel of St. John continues in episode 33. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this episode are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, where you'll find seasonal and Christian education videos linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, podcast versions from the podcast archive page, and links to information about all AIC bookstore publications available through the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. Items of interest for episode 32 are, in other episodes of this Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels, Abide from the Greek meno is discussed in episode 35 in connection with its use in the I Am the True Vine declaration in John 15, 1-17. From the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, from the first series, the 1928 BCP Saint, St. John, is the focus of episode 4. From the second series, St. Ambrose is the subject of episode 4, St. Chrysostom of episode 9 and 10, and St. Augustine, or Augustine in the English idiom, in episode 20. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, the Gospel of John Annotated and Illustrated, the I Am From Above, and the Before Abraham Was I Am declarations are discussed in chapter 8. The importance of the word abide is amplified in the text box on page 77. From Layman's Lexicon, words and phrases of interest are Abba, Father, I Am, Pantocrator, Prophet, Prophecy, Sin, Satan, or Devil, and Son of Man. Finally, there is my blog page using links at the top and the bottom of the home page. Entries usually include an illustration. The direct URL address for the blog is www.anglicaninternetchurch.net right slash blog with blog spelled in lowercase letters only. By clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend in the right-hand column and afterward entering your email address, you can receive notice of each new posting from our site host, wordpress.com. Please be assured that we do not share information, including email addresses, with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for episode 32. Next time in episode 33, I continue St. John's account of the dialogue beginning with the heated exchange which led to its dramatic peak in verse 58, Before Abraham was, I am. Then move on to the next I am, I am the Good Shepherd, which includes the I am the Door declaration. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www. 
Anglican Internet Church dot net.